As usual, I asked our guest Justin Edwards to pound the table for someone this offseason. Justin, who you pounded the table for? I am pounding the table for deep dive rookie Dwayne Eskridge of Western Michigan. Ooh. He's currently being overlooked in pre-NFL draft rookie drafts where he's going in the fourth round, but he has an outside shot of being a day two selection in the real life draft based solely on his playmaking ability. Despite transitioning back and forth to the defensive back due to teammate injuries, Eskridge has a full route tree and will be an immediate boon to his future special teams unit. It may take a year or two to fully develop at the next level, but his 27.5 yards per kick return exhibits an explosiveness that will be difficult for NFL teams to overlook. Pair yeah, buddy. His, pair that wow. with his 98th percentile 24 yards per reception and his 89th percentile 44.6% college dominator rating, and Eskridge makes for a name we should be keeping an eye out on draft day. I, I like it. I like it. And you came prepared with like a ton of research, which is exciting. Oh, I did the uh, whole thing. Look, look, speed kills. I got nothing to argue about with that. You can't teach speed. Everybody go get you some Dwayne Eskridge. Now let's get to the show. Welcome everyone to the most accurate podcast. I am your humble host, Brandon Niles. And co-hosting today is the legendary Jen Akins. Jen, thank you for being here today. How you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Uh, I'm happy to be here with you two. You know, it's like, uh, no, seriously, it's like putting on, you know, a pair of, of old slippers or, you know, for the for the ladies out there, taking off your bra after a long day of work, you know, coming up to the pod with you two. It, it's nice and comfy. So I like it. I'm excited to be here. It is. And in this case, I'm going to say I'm the slippers and Justin's the bra. That's what I'm going to go with. <laughs> I'm, I'm Justin's okay with here for support. He's here for support. That's what <laughs> no, I'm going to we're, we're taking the bra off, Brandon. So oh, no we're taking support. it off. Oh, okay. Yes. My bad. No, well, su- well, no more support. I'll see you guys support. later. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as Jen mentioned, we've got Justin Edwards back here again. Uh, this is his second time with us. It's always a good time. Justin, one of my favorite people in this industry and with 4 for 4. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at Justin underscore Redwards, my number one resource for offensive line content, and he's out there just putting tons of stuff on the site. Justin, how you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. I just came back from a, a couple-week uh, sabbatical traveling across the country, scoping out places that I'd like to see when I'm allowed to uh, hang out with people again. So I'm doing fantastic. That's awesome, man. That sounds like fun. Uh, I wanted to get uh, just to warm up our draft talk. We're going to talk last minute thoughts before the NFL draft on Thursday night. Uh, Justin, just to warm up our draft talk here, you recently wrote an article about dynasty team needs and you graded Philadelphia as a grade A landing spot for a wide receiver. What makes you so bullish about that spot for one of these rookie pass catchers? I just think the depth chart is in is in flummox, to say the least. Um, <laughs> all, we, all we've got over there is Jalen Rager. Behind him, we have the likes of Travis Fulgham, Greg Ward, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, um, probably seven other people that I can't think of. If they take a playmaker to, to pair with Jalen Hurts in the first couple of rounds, um, someone like, depending on what tier they aim for, if they go for a De- Devonta Smith high or a Rashad Bateman later or a Rondell Moore in the second, uh, the second round, I think any of those people can start to soak up targets. Um, Ertz is probably on the move. Ertz and Goddard have averaged six to seven targets a game apiece. So even if they take a rookie tight end, I don't think they're going to move in to that sort of Ertz usage. So I just think there's a lot of there's a lot of ambivalence to that depth chart with the pass catchers, and I think a rookie wide receiver could absorb a lot of it right off the bat. Makes sense to me. Jen, uh, this isn't on the show notes, but since Justin mentioned Zachers, do you think Zachers gets moved? Because we've been hearing this for a year now. We're through free agency coming up to the draft. Hasn't happened yet. Do you think that happens? I hope so. I don't know if, <laughs> I don't know 
if it will happen, but I hope so because I love me some Goddard, and I, and I hope that you know that that Ertz. Listen, there's plenty of teams that could use Ertz. I don't know what's going on. I don't know. Maybe they're waiting for the draft to see what kind of deal they can make after you know teams draft appropriately. I'm not really sure, but look, we've seen that. Both guys can have a role in that offense anyway. So as far as drafting both guys, Ertz is super cheap right now, insanely mm-hmm. cheap in best ball. So um, I'm personally not taking him, but I think that you know both both tight ends can have a role in this offense either way. But I don't know. I guess we'll have to see. Yeah, I, I hope so too, just to frame him. But you're right, Goddard has surprisingly been very effective even with Ertz in the lineup. So uh, before we get into our segments today, Jen, what's in the news? We got a few things in the news. Um, number one thing I wanted to talk about is that it was announced the other day that a fully vaccinated Roger Goodell is now going to be able to hug and partially kiss the the, the players that are there. I think there's going to be 13 <laughs> players um, in that in that room there. So I'm wondering what you guys feel about having that versus last year. I mean, personally, I kind of liked the the home vibe of last year. I liked, you know, grandma sitting in the recliner, you know, yeah. getting, it's just such a great feel to see these guys that have worked, you know, almost their entire lives, probably their entire lives for one goal and, and watching it be realized. And I love the family and the friends and listen, the stage vibe and Goodell. I don't know. I, I don't love it. I kind of, I kind of liked last year. Do you guys have any kind of opinion either way? Brandon, how do you feel? Uh, I think it's weird that this is a thing. Like, I think it's weird that Roger Goodell was like, <laughs> look, look, I have to hug Trevor Lawrence. You can't take this away from me. I, a little peck on the cheek, maybe on the temple. I don't know. I got to touch this guy. Look at his hair. I feel like that's the way this conversation went, and it's weird to me. It seems strange that this is a priority. <laughs> I, I, I do agree. Uh, I mean, it, it was so interesting to see that dynamic of, you know, looking over at Grandma like, Mammy, I made it. <laughs> how, how amazing is that? Meemaw, look what I did. Uh, yeah, and now, yeah. and now it's I, like, and now it's, you know, just back to the rigmarole. I think it's only, I, I might just be making this number up, but I think only 12 people got invited. That can't be right. Right. I, no, I think I saw 13. Yeah. It's, it's somewhere right there. Yeah. That's, why just, why? Just yeah, don't. I know. Just and zero. I kind of think, yeah. And it's kind of stuffy cause they're all in the suits and the agents sitting there and I don't know. It's a little stuffy. I think the home vibe, um, was kind of, I mean, great at the, the agent was there at home too. Let's not, let's not, you know, I mean, they were there, but I think it's also, you know, I think the home vibe was kind of cool, you know, Joe Burrow sitting there and, and a, you know, a baseball hat and a t-shirt. I thought it was kind of cool last year, but unfortunately we were, we're back to the old, you know, like you said, it's kind of weird that, that Roger oh, feels the need to, to touch every one of those guys. I, I, Roger's I, back. I, I, yeah. I can't decide if he's going to be drunker in this setting or not. Like, is oh, he, because cause last year he was clearly drunk. Oh, for which, sure. <laughs> So, which I kind of liked. I kind of liked drunk Roger Goodell. So I'm kind of concerned, will he be drinking again? And in which case, will he be more handsy? Or is he going to be able to cut? Or is this a way that maybe the league is going to dial him back? Like, you have to be there. You have to be around the players. So you can't drink Roger. Like, I wonder if that's maybe a motivating factor. I wonder if there's also, like, betting lines on the, the, you know. How many drinks will he take? Yeah, I mean, at this point, right? Yeah, I mean, you, you can bet on anything at this point. So, like, how many times does he? You know, how many kisses, how many hugs, how many touches, you know? Or maybe we should start that. Some kind yeah, of bingo should. card Absolutely. or drinking game. Someone know. call DraftKings right now. Right? Yeah. It's, <laughs> illegal. it's illegal in Ohio, so one of you guys got to do it. All right. I'll, I'll, get, I'll get right on that. Um, so our, ne- our next news segment, um, I just want to touch briefly on the, the whole jersey number thing, right? Ah. Mm-hmm. 
So this week it was, you know, after I guess I didn't realize that the jersey the jersey number switch happened because I guess last year during COVID, so many practice squad players on and off that a few teams actually ran out of numbers. So that's how oh, they wow. ended up. Yeah, that's how they kind of ended up going this route. So now there's like, you know, you can be wide wide receivers, running backs, tight ends, defensive backs, and I can't remember one of them. Can basically now have single digit numbers. So mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. Does do you guys care either way? Does it move the needle? I mean, I know I saw something that Tom Brady was upset about it. I guess some veterans. <laughs> I think it's kind of cool. I mean, it doesn't really affect my life too much, but I thought it was kind of interesting. Do either of you have any kind of uh, feeling on this topic? I think it's cool. I just saw um, Patrick Peterson is going to be a, a tidy number seven this season. His uh, old college number at LSU, so that's sweet. Nice. That good is for, interesting. Good for I him. D- doesn't really move the needle for me, but I mean, it's, co- right. it's cool for him. I did see, by the way, what, when doing this research, that I guess if the veterans want to switch, they have to buy out the stock of their current number. Whoa. Yeah, but I don't know what that means. Like stock of either. like just like the NFL <laughs> specific or like do they have yeah. to buy across the – I mean, I don't know, but yeah. So I guess if veterans want to switch, they have to self-purchase all the remaining jersey numbers of theirs uh, if they want to do that. I'm, I mean, sure that's, it's, I'm sure it's the league, right? Because I'm sure the right. league may, gets it and then everybody buys from the league or something right. like that. I'm sure it's something like that. And I'm sure the cost is nothing for these guys. But still, I just yeah. thought it was kind of an interesting uh, addition to that. <laughs> I I'm okay with it as long as offensive linemen are still clearly delineated from uh, yes please receiver eligible players. That's it. That's all I care about. Yeah, that has yes. to happen. I find it interesting that Tom Brady cares. I find that interesting. Yeah, but, I, uh, uh, that's okay. <laughs> yeah, he seems to be the only one that does. I mean, or at least that's come out publicly and said that he he wasn't into it. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't, doesn't affect like numbers that are retired or anything like that. So like, I can't imagine why that would matter. You know, but. Also, I wanted to bring up the Chiefs traded for Orlando Brown. Uh, since we've got Justin on here, Justin is the offensive line guy. Uh, Chiefs trade the number one pick and a bunch of other picks for basically uh, Orlando Brown and a second round pick. So, mm-hmm. you know, good good picks going to the Ravens. I'm not going to get too far into the actual specifics, but the key element there is a first rounder for a late second and Orlando Brown. Um, Justin, when I saw they were getting back the second, I, I liked it more for the Chiefs. I thought it made more sense because uh, mm-hmm. it, it seemed like less to give up. Is Orlando Brown good? Like, they clearly needed help at the tackle position. They went out and got this guy coming off a Pro Bowl year. It, is he as as good as you need to be in order to justify giving up a first-round pick and then having to pay him? Because now they're going to have to pay him. So uh, what do you think of this trade as from your uh, offensive line viewpoint? I do think it's a good trade. Um Orlando Brown was a third-round pick, but he has not ended up as a third-round pick. And it's hard to say with a fourth-year guy, but he's 24 years old. If if he were somehow miraculously to be in this draft, he'd be a he'd be a top 10 pick, you know, top sure. 15 pick maybe. So I don't think it's given up too much. Um, Orlando Brown's really been growing over the last couple of years since he's been logging. Uh, he has like 24, 2500 snaps over the last two seasons. By any metric you look at, he's incredible. Uh, looking at like Sports Info Solutions blown block percentage, he's number ten out of a hundred and sixty uh, qualifying offensive linemen with five hundred or more snaps. So he's great in the run game. PFF PFF has him with around an eighty grade in pass blocking. Um, I still think the Chiefs could aim for something at the end of the first. Um, someone like a Alex Leatherwood or um, uh, maybe a Jalen Mayfield or something like that. You mean, tr- you mean trade back in? 
Uh, yes, yes. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Of course, because they gave up that pick, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think this is a good step to solidify that offensive line after they kind of let two vets go, which they probably should have, honestly. So do you think uh, the Ravens moving Orlando Brown, do you think they just didn't want to pay him? They've got $19 million tied up into Ronnie Stanley, who's 27, coming back off that injury. You think they were just saying, look, he's going to demand at least in that 17 to $20 million range per year, Orlando Brown. We can't afford to pay two tackles that much. Do you think that was the motivating factor for the Ravens? I think that could be. We've seen that recently. The Packers just did it last year. Um, I think teams just think if they have one dominant cornerstone that they don't really need to pay both both sides. So I think that that could be it, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, Jen, if the Kansas City comes in without tackle problems and Orlando Brown is what we think, does that change anything for you as far as like Clyde Edwards-Hilaire or is everything pretty much just the same for you? I think everything's the same for me. I'm not really into that backfield anyway. So, okay. uh, yeah, I'm kind of avoiding that. Uh, so nothing really changes for me draft-wise. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. I just wanted to touch on that. It's a, you know, we've already had multiple trades now involving draft picks before draft night. Normally those happen on draft night. So I'm already excited about the chaos that may occur. I wanted to kind of dump into that stock stock or talking about the draft uh, feature feature segment, Anthony Staggs' mock draft. He's got a two rounder. He's also got 150 top players list that just popped out, but his two round mock draft uh, I've been watching it. I'm excited about what he has the Dolphins doing, excited about what he has my favorite teams doing. Uh, Jen, do you have a favorite pick from that? I know you've been uh, checking it out as well. I do. And it's funny because I just wrote about this uh, prior to the show, but you know, we have an article coming out in 444. You know, we're all kind of contributing predictions. And I just kind of wrote about this and decided why not talk about it again. But I really like uh, the Titans possibly, or at least him mocking them, picking Elijah Moore with pick number 53. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there's no surprise that I, I'm into the Josh Reynolds. I'm on the Josh Reynolds train right now uh, in Tennessee. And I think if they do end up skipping a wide receiver in that first round and, and you know, skipping the elite tier and, and going for Elijah Moore in that second uh, in that second round, first of all, you've got obviously A.J. Brown is pounding the table for Elijah Moore anyway. Um, and then... You know, you've got, if Elijah Moore comes in, it'll basically put, you know, him in the slot. Therefore, Reynolds can live on the outside across from A.J. Brown, and they can all kind of get their nice little piece of the pie. Because the Titans had 18.7 vacated targets per game from last season that are that are not there with Adam Humphreys gone, John New Smith gone, Corey Davis gone. So I think if they do, if they skip that elite tier and go to Elijah Moore, then that makes Josh Reynolds still relevant. And Elijah Moore will get some work as well. And I kind of, I think, I think it was a nice fit, especially with both guys from Ole Miss, you know, working together again. It'll be nice with him and AJ Brown. I like that. It's a great fit. I like it a lot. Justin, mm -hmm. uh, Elijah Moore, uh, what do you think of him as a prospect? And then uh, how do you like the fit with the Titans? I think just like, just like Jen said, I think that's a great fit. Um, he would presumably operate almost exclusively out of the slot. Um, he started lining up in the slot more and more through through his college career. Um, it's certainly a lot better fit, or fantasy-wise, fantasy it's a heck of a lot better of a fit than um, Ron Dalemore, who was mocked the pick before to the Bears. And I would be all out on Ron Dalemore if that were the case. <laughs> so good on Elijah Moore to dodge that bullet. I'd like him on the Titans a heck of a lot more than the Bears. <laughs> uh, I actually... Uh Spoiler, I kind of like Elijah Moore better than Rondale Moore in general. I just kind of think he, he's got a more defined skill set. So I, mm -hmm. I, I, I like that. I'm a big fan of Elijah Moore. Yeah. Justin, do you have a favorite pick from that mock? 
Um, I very much like Javante Williams going to your Miami Dolphins. Yeah, you do. I, yeah, I do. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't see any significant roadblock to him just being a just a huge fantasy piece. If that's the case, like Miles Gaskin would move directly out of the way. Newly acquired Mal- Malcolm Brown would move directly out of the way. This would just be Javante's backfield, and that would be incredible. And he looks like an every down back. He looks yeah. like the kind of guy that can do that. Yeah. In this mock, the Dolphins are taking a pass rusher. They're getting some offensive line help. Oh, you They've love got, it. You love it. Yeah. It's fantastic. It's fantastic. <laughs> I, I love this. I have no problem with this at all. Uh, <laughs> Jen, what would you think if the Dolphins took Javante Williams or really any of these top elite running backs? I'd be all about it. I, you know, Miles Gaskin is not. I don't think he's the one, you know, I don't, I don't think he's, he's lead back material as much as people want him to be. I think it would be great for them to get a legit stud in there that can uh, lead that backfield for a while. Yeah. Did you watch Tiger King? Of course. Yeah. <laughs> Justin, did you watch Tiger King? <laughs> I did not watch Tiger King. What? I so, know. I'm the only one. So I, I actually didn't watch it either, but I know, <sighs> I know. Enough <laughs> Come about on guys. I, I mean, it's too late. It's too late now. <laughs> time like right when lockdown happened it was the perfect thing to like come into our lives i can't believe you guys didn't watch i was like re-watching breaking bad or something i, I, I was doing other things <laughs> but i know that carol baskin is a person in that right and when yes. i hear miles gaskin i just think of carol baskin <laughs> And yes. I think of the like the YouTube or the TikTok or whatever the kids are doing these days. The song, the the like Carol Baskin killed her husband. But you know what I mean? They're, they had like that song that went on. And if you haven't heard this, it's a quick Google, and you're welcome. And I'm sorry. And you know, uh, <laughs> but that's all I think of. I just in my head I go Miles Gaskin. That's all I think of. Just in that that tone song, Tiger King esque. It's all I think about. <laughs> she totally killed her husband and fed him to the tigers. But that's, right? That's, yeah, oh, okay. She, did. Wow. she absolutely did. Learn something new. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, I love – he's got the Lions trading down with the Patriots, trading down to 15, still getting Jalen Waddle from the from Alabama. Waddle isn't a prospect that I'm all in love with, but I think he's a phenomenal big play maker, and I think he's a great slot receiver, and the Lions need a slot receiver, and the Lions have a quarterback who loves the slot receiver, and Jared Goff really, really likes to throw to Cooper Cup, who plays in the slot against the zone. Jalen Waddle would be like a souped-up Cooper Cup in that offense. So I love the idea of the Lions trading down and getting Waddle. Great fit, getting a weapon for Jared Goff. I think this is this would be a home run if the Lions did this. But do you think they're really capable of pulling off something that actually works? <laughs> Let's be realistic. <laughs> They've got a whole new uh, a whole new regime in there. I'm gonna be I know, optimistic. I'm kidding. Yeah, I'm I gonna g- be optimistic. Uh, also, Josh Moore, uh, be careful. He might listen to this episode. episode <laughs> listen, so. he's he's as much self-deprecating about the Lions as anybody. He <laughs> he would have said that right before I did if he was on this podcast. <laughs> Justin, what do you think of Jalen Waddle? Oh, I think it's, I mean, it's a great fit because anyone's a great fit with the, just like we were talking about with the Eagles, this is even worse. This is probably the worst wide receiver crew in football. Yeah. So, I mean, anyone that goes there is going to be the, the highlight of the offense, unless, <laughs> unless they bring back uh, Peterson. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean. <laughs> like Rashad Perryman doesn't do it for you, Justin? Uh, you know, I, was, I, I, I hate to poo-poo Quintez Cephas, but here we are. I will say Cephas is uh, my dart throw at the end of all my best ball drafts right now. Right. Just, just in case. Just in case. <laughs> Uh, you know, 
I so yeah, everybody check out Anthony Stags' mock draft, all of his draft stuff. Uh, lots of draft stuff uh, popping up on the site at 444.com uh, throughout the week. We've got a draft party, live draft party, which we'll post, uh, we'll tweet out the link to Thursday and Friday night. You can join. Justin's going to be on there. I'll be on there. We couldn't convince Jen to, but Jen will be there in spirit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Folks, early bird pricing for 2021 4 for 4 memberships are available. Don't hesitate to sign up early and capitalize on the ever-growing off-season content we bring you day in and day out. Check out Classic, Pro, and DFS embedding memberships up to 25% off right now. See 444.com slash plans for details. So uh, let's head on to our main segment, last-minute draft thoughts. Uh, rumors of Denver trading up to number four. I don't know if this will happen, but these are rumors happening. Atlanta look, wants to move down. Denver supposedly wants a quarterback. Uh, Jen, since you're over there in, in, in the Colorado area, uh, how excited could we really be if Denver trades up for the fourth quarterback in this draft? Because we know three are going right away. So the fourth quarterback in this draft to come in and compete with Drew Luck, how excited would you be? This this is the thing. <laughs> so I've lived in Denver now for, I don't know, 25, 26 years. It's so hard to get excited about drafting a quarterback. I mean, <laughs> we've seen the Paxton Lynch, the Brock Osweiler, the Trevor Simeon. I mean, it's it's been really ugly, and it's been a lot of misses. Now, to be fair, that was all John Elway. So now we have George Patton, right? So we've got a different person making the, making the decisions. Elway is, is still there, but he's not in, in that role of, of drafting and assessing quarterbacks. I mean, the guy can play quarterback. He's not good at you know or assessing, <laughs> obviously. He, he's missed on everyone that he's drafted. So... Uh, I mean, really, Von Miller was like his only good draft pick, but that's that's a whole different show. <laughs> so I think that, um, you know, Drew Locke is frustrating because I really want to like him. I like him as a human. I like him as a person. He has a great personality. He does great community service. He, you know, he's a good dude. I don't know that he's a great NFL quarterback, you know, and I, I keep last year. It was like, OK, we didn't see enough, you know, coming into last year. And then last year, he just didn't really. He didn't play that well, you know? And so after those first three quarterbacks, I don't know if we're going to end up in the same situation and the Broncos are going to have like their fifth or sixth miss, you know, in, in a decade time. So I just, I'm not, it's hard for me personally to get super excited about it. Uh, you know, it would be great if they could actually find a quarterback and, and draft one that, that actually ended up being the quarterback, you know, because don't forget they've also missed, you know, other than Peyton Manning, they've missed on a lot of free agent stuff too. I mean, there was Flacco, you know, so I think that, don't forget Sanchez was here for a minute. Uh, so I think at the same time, you know, it would be nice if they do end up doing that. I don't think they will, though. Uh, part of me just feels like they're not going to do that and they're going to end up uh, getting other needs first and then getting a quarterback in one of the later rounds. That makes sense. Uh, and regardless of who it ends up, Justin, uh, at least number four, they're, they're probably going to come out with some sort of a quarterback, but at least fourth on the board. Uh, does that change the way you feel about any of the weapons in Denver, whether it's Drew Locke or or one of these rookies? I, you know, obviously, like I said, not going to be one of the top three quarterbacks in this draft. Uh, right now, we're all a little worried about Jerry, Judy, Cortland, Sutton, Noah Fant because of Drew Locke and because of the quarterback situation. Is there a rookie that would change your mind on that? Or are you more bullish on Locke than I am? Oh, I'm not. Um, I think, I mean, there's a number of people who could make it more exciting. Like, I, I've heard a lot of great things about Trey Lance. Um, if Fields isn't the number three, which I certainly hope he is, that would be super interesting. Oh, that but, would be. But I don't think, 
I'm kind of with with Jen. I don't think Denver go goes up there. I think Atlanta's kind of stuck where they are because uh, I don't think people are gonna uh, people. I don't think a team is gonna give them that much to move back because they know that the Bengals aren't taking anybody, the Dolphins aren't taking anybody, and then the Lions will take whoever's left over more than likely if they're not taking if they're not falling back to take Waddle. So. If they move up, it would be more interesting to see Lance or Fields than Locke, in my opinion. But I, I don't, I'm not convinced that they are going to move up. Yeah, yeah. So you think the appetite is there for Atlanta to move down? You just don't think there's going to be any buyers? I, yeah, I, I think Atlanta's just stuck. I don't think anyone's going to give them that, give them that much uh, in return for the fourth. So they're just kind of stuck there. And I'm, I'm, I'm more convinced that they'll take Pitts than I am the 49ers are taking Mac Jones. Yeah, Kyle Pitts is, would be an interesting pick. There might be the highest I've seen a tight end go, which would be really, really interesting. Uh, Jen, Atlanta, do you think Atlanta is 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 stuck there, like Justin said? And if so, uh, would you be interested in in that offense in general if they took someone like Kyle Pitts? I know that you, uh, I know how you feel about rookie tight ends in general. We've talked about that, but just adding another playmaker to that offense would that make you like Matt Ryan more or anything along those lines? think so i think if, if they do take pits i think that really wouldn't change the, the role players there because as you know i i'm not taking pits um as a rookie in any kind of fantasy format um i mean it may make i mean it might make matt ryan a little more desirable i mean right now he's pretty cheap in uh yeah. in, in best ball and i assume he's going to be pretty cheap in, in redraft as well once we get there um if they do take pits i think for their future i think that's great i mean i don't know how many more years matt ryan has there anyway but i th- or in general but i think that um yeah i mean as as you know i i'm definitely anti rookie tight ends in, in regular fantasy obviously dynasty is a different ball game but yeah um i you know i still see pits going ridiculously early in best ball drafts and i i find it I mean, listen, you know, I may crow and he may be, you know, he may be fantastic and he may break the mold of any other, you know, rookie tight end that's ever played fantasy or been involved in fantasy before, but we shall see. Yeah, uh, to echo that, I I stumbled upon some numbers I wanted to put out there and I I just did a a kind of a trivia thing for our 4 for 4 happy hour. So Jen's heard these numbers, but uh, I just wanted to kind of point this out. Uh, when you redrafter leagues, when you're looking and getting excited about Kyle Pitts, there are 24 tight ends who have been drafted in the first round since the year 2000. So the last two decades, 24 tight ends have been drafted in the first round. Of those 24, they have com- or they have uh, combined for a total of 11 top three finishes uh, oh, in fantasy goodness. in their whole careers. Right, so 24, 11. Only Ooh. five different tight ends. So five of the 24 had a top three finish at any point in their career. That's a 21% <laughs> hit rate, right? Uh, and only one had a top three finish as a rookie, and that's Jeremy Shockey in 2002. Only one to have a top three fantasy finish as a rookie. And the reason I say top three is because tight end isn't like wide receiver, running back, quarterback, where you've got literal like QB1s or your top 12, RB1s are your top 12, right? Tight end is tight end one is your top three. Like that's the way it goes. And then four to 12 is usually kind of your tight end two area, right? Um, so when you see Kyle Pitts flying off draft boards and going as the tight end five and things of that sort, just keep that in mind and maybe wait and take a stab at somebody else. <laughs> yeah, I mean, right now, okay, I'm looking at this draft board that, you know, Brandon, you and I are in this best ball together, right? And Kyle uh-huh. Pitts went in the seventh round and people around him, like D. Bill Samuel, you know, people, 
you know, Curtis Samuel, these people are going right around the same. And it just doesn't make sense to me that someone's taking Kyle Pitts there when they can have, you know, these other guys that are, are going to produce, you know, much more, you know, they're definitely getting more fruitful this season in an yep. established, you know, situation than a guy that's going to come in and has to learn an offense, figure it all out, you know, yeah. Yeah, maybe he'll maybe he'll blow everyone away. But yeah. Yeah, redraft formats, let's uh let's just kind of remember that history is not on the side of uh, right. <laughs> uh, of those hoping that he'll blow up in 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 year 1. So, uh, I wanted to kind of let's move on. I have talked enough about Atlanta and Denver. Um your team Justin the Bengals, uh, all the rumors have them taking Jamar Chase, which the receiver from LSU I love Jamar Chase. I, I don't have a problem with him as a prospect. But Panay Sewell is a phenomenal left tackle option. Uh, the, the Bengals could really use some help up front. Why is the rumor Chase? Why isn't the rumor Sewell? Right. Uh, things, things have kind of switched over the last couple months. And I guess, I mean, I understand it. Being able to pair him up with, pair up Burrow with Chase is pretty exceptional. Like, they played quite well together in college. But coming from, I wouldn't call it an expertise, but my area of interest um, in the offensive line, like not taking Sewell or, or I mean, go get Slater even that high, which seems ridiculous. Yeah. But yeah. it's just, especially with a, a stacked wide receiver crew in this, this rookie draft, at least in my opinion, there's probably... 12 to 15 guys you could choose from that would boost your offense from a wide receiver standpoint. And it's just getting deeper and deeper and deeper. Why not take someone who could be an upper echelon left tackle for you for the next eight years? I don't know. I get it. I get it from both sides. I've heard very intelligent people uh, argue why Chase would be amazing or if, if Pitts fell, why would, that would be amazing for Burrow just as well as Sewell would be. But yeah, I don't, I don't get it. I would, I would take the left tackle with my – they just picked first last year, and now they're picking fifth. Let's, let's start to work on getting out of the top five sometime soon. And they've got good receivers. Like, like right. speaking to that, Jen, like if they took Jamar Chase, does that change how you feel about Tyler Boyd or T. Higgins going into this season? I mean, I don't know. It's so tough because both those guys – I think are good picks, you know, mm -hmm. AJ, you know, with AJ green gone and, and you've got both of those guys are, are nice values right now. And then you throw in a rookie that has already played with burrow. I don't know what that would do. I don't know. I, I think it's that, that move doesn't make sense to me either as someone that, you know, I don't study offensive lines, but I do know that I don't draft Joe Mixon because they have a crappy offensive line. Right. So, <laughs> and you've been I just, right a lot. <laughs> right. And so I just, it, 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 it boggles my mind that they would not want to shore that up. But um, if they do take chase, then yeah, we have to kind of figure out what to do with those three, you know, receivers. I mean, they don't have, I mean, who's the tight end there now? Drew Is Sample. it still CJ Uzoma or no? If he comes back healthy, then uh, then he's an option. But Drew Sample is the rumor, as Justin oh, okay. just said. Right, so, right. so basically, uh, who they, who they drafted in the second round, <laughs> mind you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh man, everyone everyone's got one. For, uh, every fan base has one, but that's that's definitely the one I'm most embarrassed about over the last few years. <laughs> hey, listen, it takes three years usually for a tight end to break out. This that's, is the year. That's true. He could be a top <laughs> top seven blocking tight end this year. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, no, so I'm glad I'm not alone here because, you know, Burrow coming off a knee injury, like, I would think Sewell. But that being said, I love Jamar Chase, so, like, no matter where he ends up, he's going to be somebody yeah. I like. And, the, and my, my opinions uh, of them attacking the, the left tackle position is not to poo-poo uh, Jamar. He's amazing, but yeah. I don't know. I, I think I'd rather have a second-tier wide receiver than have an entire second-tier or third-tier offensive line. I'd rather shore it up at some point. And as you said, the wide receiver class this year is so deep that, you know, even if Jamar Chase is head and shoulders above the rest of the guys, which I think he is, yeah. you're still, you know, giving up starter caliber, immediate starting caliber help uh, help at a key premium tackle position, uh, whereas you could probably grab a wide receiver who could come in and contribute immediately with Higgins and Boyd later on. Also, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't speak uh, Chris, Chris Allen, the other co-host here would probably say, Hey, Alden Tate's a good player. I don't understand why you just push him aside. So yeah, yeah he he's, does love Alden Tate. He does love yeah. Alden Tate. He's, <laughs> he's, a, he's a little, he's a bingle boy as, as well. So, <laughs> uh, so I, I wanted to talk about, um, you know, every year there's a, there's a, a team that drafts a running back early that shocks us and destroys the value of our incumbent starters. Uh, we talked a little about miles Gaskin. Uh, I, I, Last year, you know, Marlon Mack kind of got destroyed by Jonathan Taylor. Uh, Jen, do you think a team right now is going to draft a running back early and make us go, "Oh no, now I can't, now I can't go with this incumbent, or no, I can't, now I can't," uh, you know, handle all the best ball shares I have of this guy? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's necessarily ruining incumbent because it's already a complete mess. But I think it would be hilarious if, and it, it could happen if the Patriots just took another running back. I mean, it's already <laughs> a mess in there, right? It's like you don't even know who to draft. You've got Damian Harris, you've got James White, Sony Michelle. Why not throw another guy in the mix? I mean, they, you know, they're rumored to take you know a quarterback at some point, but I don't know when that's going to happen. So it's one of those things where they may just say screw it and take you know, one of the good running backs in the first round and just screw everything up. But I think a lot of people don't really know what to do with the Patriots, you know, running back room anyway. So if you throw one in, I don't know if it completely screws everyone's draft plan, but it's still, it's still, you know, it would make you have to think, okay, do I want to go with the rookie? What's, you know, what's Belichick going to do? You just never know. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I, I am all for that. I, I like chaos, and I like it all to be on one team. So it, along those lines, I'm, I'm going to say I also want the Bucks to draft a running back early, too, just yes. for fun. Just to that, was, that was my second. That was the one I almost went with. It was that or that. I, yes. I kind of flipped a coin. <laughs> just to ruin everything. Justin, uh, what team do you think is going to destroy fantasy owners' hopes and dreams this week, uh, th this week by drafting a running back early? I've been seeing this mocked, for, like, countless mocks for for months and i kept thinking it was just the person doing the mock draft but it's like just countless people saying that the bills are going to draft a guy at the end of the first or in the middle of the second Ooh. like and not even like a like a, a ho-hum player like like Najee harris or javante williams that would be nuts and it would be <laughs> terrible like I'm, I'm already out on devin singletary but i was definitely in on zach moss and all my dynasty drafts last year i thought it was a great spot but I still think Zach Moss is a great player. So if Najee Harris goes there, I don't. I think they're going to battle it out, and it's going to be awful. It's going to ruin all of their fantasy stock. Matt Breida's yeah. there apparently. <laughs> Matt Breida plays for the Bills apparently. I don't know when that happened, but right. It's just and this, yeah. I'm sorry. It's go just, ahead. Oh no no no! It's just it's just going to be a it's like you were saying. It's going to be a cluster. It, like, <laughs> the whole the whole AFC East 
is going to be a crap show. At <laughs> running the, back, yeah. With running backs, yeah. <laughs> seriously. So if the, I think the Bills are going to take someone. We're all going to scream at our TVs. I'm going to, I'm going to sell Zach Moss for like a, a fifth round rookie pick, and then I'm going to not draft Najee Harris in, in the first round of rookie drafts, and then. And then we're going to have a terrible 2021. <laughs> you know, it's funny. You just mentioned the AFC East, and I, no joke, earlier today had to look up who the Jets running backs were. I was like, who's there? I don't even remember. Like, it's like they Michael have? P. Ryan. It's Tevin and Coleman. It's and like I didn't Frank even know Gore's that. son. Yeah. I was like, I seriously had to look it up. I'm like, who do they even have? And then I was like, wait, Tevin Coleman's there? I, maybe oh, I should wow. be drafting him. Yeah, I was like, maybe I should be taking him in best ball because I didn't realize he was there. I was he, like, came, he came over with, uh, well, what's his name that I can't think of? Yeah, coach. I mean, I. It, but I actually had. To oh, look Sala, it up, Sala, Sala. That's right. Oh, right, right. So yeah, there was. So I mean, I assume they're probably going to take someone, right? I would think. But I yeah, don't know. what a crap show that whole division yeah. is. Yeah, I, yeah, you've stumbled on a joke, Justin. What has thirty-two legs and under a thousand yards? <laughs> the AFC East running backs. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh i uh I, i'm with you that would destroy everything and i'm here for that uh i'm gonna say that atlanta destroys all the excited mike davis fans out there and takes the running back at the top of round two whether it's travis Etienne from clemson or javante williams the north carolina guy we've talked about somebody one of these top running backs i think will fall atlanta will take him and all the mike davis fans will be very sad they'll have sad emojis sad faces all around the place and then that guy will immediately become a phenomenal fantasy asset <laughs> that uh, I would be one of those people with the sad emoji because I've been I've been taking him. He's a he's a really good you know zero RB modified zero RB whatever mm -hmm. you want to call it uh, target this year. So I've taken him a couple times and I would be sad if uh, if somebody kind of came in there and usurped him in that spot. Did you know that Todd Gurley averaged fourteen and a half PPR points per game before the bye week last week last yeah. week, last year? Yeah, Todd Gurley. You he know like I the, love Todd he, Gurley. He was like the RB13. Yeah, rest, rest in peace, Todd Gurley. I I'm know, sorry, RIP. I know. It's, 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 you know what? He, he, uh, he did it while he could. You know? Hey, at least, he, at least he retired in Atlanta. <laughs> he did yep. it while he could. <laughs> Poor Todd Gurley. I'm not ready for him to be done. That being said, put him on the Patriots or the Bucks. Do that. <laughs> yes. I don't want him to yes. run anything. God, that would be awful if you that threw him into that mix. That would mess with this Gio Bernard RB2 season we're about to see in <laughs> Tampa Bay. <laughs> Stop that. <laughs> uh, but we talked about best ball. It is the season for best ball drafts. Uh, who's somebody that uh, you're drafting right now trying to make sure you get now before they get drafted into a great situation and uh, – it, you know, go way up, just skyrocket in, in value. Cause for me, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's Najee Harris. Cause I think he's definitely getting drafted somewhere where they're going to use him immediately. Right now you can get him in like the third or fourth round. And I think that once he's drafted by the Steelers or the Jets or the Falcons, I think he's going to become like a late first round pick and have that like Clyde Edwards, Alaire ascension in ADP. So I'm grabbing him wherever I can in best ball formats right now. Um, anyone that you're kind of targeting right now, Justin? Um, I, I talked about. I think I talked about this the last time I was talking to you guys. Is uh, I definitely like Najee. Any any rookie running back that you that you like more, even just a tiny bit, maybe even with consensus, you like him just as much as consensus does. Start you did, taking, yeah. You just take him now because, I mean, what is it, the twenty sixth or twenty seventh? A week from now, all of those ADPs are gonna jump a full round. So definitely them. Uh, Chase Edmonds 
if if the Cardinals don't take someone, I don't think Chase Edmonds is going as like the RB thirty or whatever he is right now. He'll be like a bona fide RB two. So Chase Edmonds. I like it. I like it. I like Chase Edmonds. Jen, is there anybody you're targeting right now before their their uh, value skyrockets? Uh, you know, like Justin said, some of those rookie running backs, Javante Williams, I've been taking. I've been taking Michael Carter. I think mm-hmm. he's kind of a good a good value late. Yeah. We don't know where he's going to end up, but I think he he'll probably end up with some kind of a role. Um, aside from rookies, we already talked about him for a second, but I've been taking Josh Reynolds just in general, and I don't know. You know, depending on what happens with Tennessee, if they take Elijah Moore, if they don't take Elijah Moore, it, they may randomly not even take a wide receiver. Who knows? I'm sure they will. But, you know, for right now, I think Josh Reynolds is going in like the late team. I mean, he's going like 16th, 17th, 18th round. And at the moment, you know, he's the wide receiver, too, on that team. You know, the th- you know Ryan Tannehill likes to throw. And um, if he can slide right into that Corey Davis role, I think he's going to way outperform that, you know, 16th, 17th round ADP. I think you're right. And Anthony Ferkser, too. Everybody yeah. kind of assumes oh, yeah. that every, everyone kind of assumes the Titans are going to add a tight end, but not necessarily. And as we mentioned, tight ends don't contribute right away. So Anthony Ferkser might become fantasy relevant. I'm with you. I'm targeting Josh Reynolds, too, because this, the ADP is just ridiculously cheap. Uh, on the flip side, anybody that you're kind of waiting for to plummet in ADP, somebody that uh, maybe you're not drafting right now because of where they are, but uh, maybe after the draft, their value plummets, and then you'll you'll be kind of gobbling them up. Because for me, it's Chris Carson. Like, I'm already taking Chris Carson, <laughs> but I feel like if the C- if Seattle – takes like one of these guys in the fourth round or something it's going to get lots of buzz because everybody for some reason thinks chris carson isn't any good and then he'll go down to like the seventh round and i'll draft him in every league what do you think justin yeah this is a this is a tough one um i think and this is going to sound kind of borderline insane because he hasn't done anything of any fantasy relevance yet but maybe hollywood brown yeah i I think they're going to add somebody and Hollywood Brown's stock is going to plummet, but he's still going to have that same role as just being a speedster, someone who's only going to hit every couple of weeks. So maybe that's someone I can start pairing with Lamar in a, in a month or so. That's it's a kind great of, idea. It's kind of it's kind of a tough one. I like this question a lot. I wish I would have uh, put more time into it because this is a great question. It's a, it's a great idea targeting Hollywood Brown in that situation, especially in best ball formats where you can right, really take yeah. advantage of those boom weeks. Anyone you're thinking of, Jen? You know, it's funny. Like Justin just said, I actually didn't even see that question somehow, so I wish I would have. So um, <laughs> I had I had a better, you know, more prepared. But someone that I just thought of while you guys were talking, um, Melvin Gordon is someone that I think, you know, he's slipping right now. And I think the Broncos – you know, if they end up taking a running back, people may, you know, whether it's on day two or three, whatever, they, you know, may may perceive him as losing that, you know, some some carries. And I think he, you know, right now I think he's a six rounder in best ball. And, you know, they let Philip Lindsay go, so it's him and Mike Boone. So I think that, you know, people kind of write off Melvin Gordon and especially if if, if they still end up with Drew Locke, you know, that offense may be more run heavy than, you know, people are expecting it to be. So I think he's someone that may fall if they draft a running back. Not sure. Um, another name. Let's see if I can come up with someone else quick on the fly. I don't know, but um, I'll give you. I'll give you a second, Jen. I want to. I want to stay in Denver. If if the Broncos don't add a quarterback, I would think that Jerry Judy continues to fall, and I would start buying him the cheaper he gets. Yeah, I like that. I like that. 
Throw yeah. some dynasty offers out there too for Judy if if anybody's selling. I like Jerry Judy. You know, it just made me think of which is not this question. Back to the other question from from before that just made me laugh. But what if Houston took a running back? <laughs> I just <laughs> stop. No. I just well, I, I mentioned Philip Lindsay, and then it just hit me. I'm like, they had, they, you know, that would be kind of funny. But uh, no, it's as far as your other question. Yeah, I, <laughs> I think, and it's funny that you did mention Chris Carson, Brandon, and you know how much I love Chris Carson. So yeah. I hope what you said happens, and I hope he falls because I take him anyway, and I'll keep taking him all day long. When he goes to the Hall of Fame, Jed, I think you and I are going to be the only people in attendance. <laughs> we will you and I will be there just yeah. clapping. <laughs> It'll be you, I, you, me, and his family. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And yeah, if Houston doesn't add a, add a running back, give me all the Philip Lindsay. Give me all right? the Philip Lindsay in the 14th round exactly. of, of drafts. Yeah, because he's definitely the best running back on that roster, even if they don't know it yet. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? He was the best running back on the Broncos roster, and they somehow didn't know it. So. Right? <laughs> I mean, and he's so much fun to watch, and he has so much heart, and he just, I mean, he just freaking pounds out there, and he had like 3,000-yard seasons in a row, and nobody noticed, you know? <laughs> he's great. He's really good. Uh, I wanted to, we're, we're out of time. I, I wanted to just kind of rattle off some players that I like in the draft since I've been like deep heavy into looking at draft prospects uh, the, the last few months, really, but especially the last week. Uh, if you guys have any, then uh, feel free to to think of them and come up with them after I rattle off a couple names, but uh, keep an eye on Khalil Herbert running back from Virginia tech really shined last eight touchdowns had a great outing. against Clemson great day against us UNC. So those are, those are like, uh, yeah, I always kind of look at, at, at how players do against really good teams uh, ran a four, four, six at his pro day. It's like short, compact. He runs real well. He's decisive, runs with urgency. I think he'd fit great in a zone blocking scheme. So he'll probably go day three, and he's going to be one of my favorite, like, deep dynasty running back picks to grab because of that. Uh, and then I've talked about him before, but he will he might go day two. But Javian Hawkins, just a playmaker, undersized at five foot eight, 183 pounds, quick feet, explosive. He had a good pro day, another 446, uh, 40-yard dash patient uh, follows his blockers bides time that he just burst through the hole a uh, long strider uh, even though he's small he's got really good contact balance so uh, Hawkins torched Miami Florida State averaged 6.2 yards per carry uh, Hawkins is, is another really good player who I think if he can find a role somewhere I think he can really boom with it kind of reminds me of like that Philip Lindsay style player so those are kind of two running backs I like those day late day two Day three running backs this year. I think it's a better class than it's getting credit for. Uh, Justin, anyone that maybe isn't on the radar uh, in this draft that you're just keeping an eye on? I feel like the radar is, is so large, it's hard to go underneath it. <laughs> it is large, right? It's huge. <laughs> Every, everybody knows everybody at this point. It's true. Um, and I if you th don't, that's fine. I didn't put it on the show sheet, so I'm no, throwing it's okay. this at you. <laughs> no, 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 it's it's fine. I'll just I'll stutter my way through it. We'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, like I like I said at the top, uh, I do I really do like Dwayne Eskridge. Um, yeah, he he could be a better uh, real life player than a fantasy player in year one and maybe even year two, but he really does have a full route tree, um, and that's coming from a guy who took more snaps as a defensive back as early as or as recently as 2019. He was almost a full time defensive back because his team was so injured. And then he just flips. He just flips back in 2020 as a wide receiver who had a full route tree. I mean, I, this, the guy's football IQ has to be off the charts. So I, that's why I'm super into him. I think that's a guy that I really 
and focused on on Thursday night. Well, probably not Thursday night, but Friday, and hopefully, hopefully not Saturday, but maybe Saturday. Um, Some I, of these receivers are going to drop. It might be. I mean, he's so yeah. fast. You got to think somebody yeah. will take him. In, he doesn't have third, a lot of but... size either. So yeah, I understand. five nine. He's, yeah, he's five nine. He's like he's like one ninety. So he's bigger than some guys that are going to go in the first round. So. Yeah, bigger than Devontae Smith. Yeah, he's, he's got like fifteen <laughs> pounds on Devontae Smith. Yeah, That's, that is absolutely insane. Um, Friar Muth, of course, is is interesting. We'll see. <laughs> We'll see where he goes. He could go as, as early as the second round. Uh, he could go to the third. It depends on where he lands. But Friar Muth's really going really gonna to have an impact, I think, in the first couple of years. Yeah, tight end for Penn State. Big guy. Big guy. He's got, mm-hmm. got, definitely got size for days. Uh, Jen, anybody you're looking at? I know you mentioned Seth Williams, who I like. Um, get, definitely got size. Definitely prototypes uh, as the Auburn guy. I liked his tape better with Stidham than I do with Bo Nix. But uh, definitely... Could be a steal. He profiles in that wide receiver one size speed combination ability to make contested catches. Anybody else you're liking or still just Seth Williams? Uh, that's pretty much it. I do like, you know, total homer, but I do like Trey McKitty. I hope he goes somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. He's a great, like, athletic profile guy. Like, somebody will take him, you know? Yeah. And he had a really good, you know, he had a really good, uh, and I'm not, not pro day, but whatever they do Senior before bowl. that. Yes, yeah. exactly. Senior bowl. And I know he turned some heads there. So it would be nice to see him at least make a roster or at least get drafted, I should say. Nice, nice. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, So, Justin, everybody make sure that you read everything Justin does. Follow him on Twitter at Justin underscore Redwards. Uh, one of our good friends, one of our uh, one of my favorite follows, uh, one of my favorite writers out there. Uh, Justin, any final thoughts before we go? No, I, I'm just excited for this time of year. Uh, I'm Super excited to hop on with the the four four crew on Thursday night. Uh, I know we'll be talking through all the all the picks as they happen, and then you guys have been nice enough to get me on there, so I can so I can wax poetic about some of the offensive linemen that I've been taking copious notes about, and have no one else to bore with. So I'm glad. Yeah, I'm excited. To hop on there and bore the heck out of anybody that's listening. In. <laughs> I'm excited for that, Justin. I appreciate it. Well, uh, once again, listeners, we'll have that. Uh, we'll have that. That link will get tweeted out, and uh, if you want to join us for our live stream of our draft party, Justin will come on at the the later end of it. I'll be there the whole time with uh, along with John Paulson and Anthony Staggs will be along, and Mike Wollert to talk defense, which is great. Uh, Jen, thank you so much. Always wonderful to speak with you. Any final thoughts before we go? No, not at all. I, uh, for once, I have nothing to plug. I've got nothing going on right now, which is nice. I get a mild break from writing. I just wrote a six-piece series on Best Ball uh, on uh, Best Ball Tens. So if mm-hmm. anyone wants to go check that out, I did uh, one on roster construction, quarterback win rate, tight end win rate, all the different win rates, and then I did a final one on stacks, which came out earlier this week. So. Um, you guys can check those out and then make sure to, like we've talked about, check out the live draft show. Yeah, that Stacks one is awesome. Everybody definitely check that out. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at 2GuysBrandon and at the Monday Mommy. Thanks so much for listening. Have a good day.